If you're listening to my voice, odds are you're driving. Turns out you are not alone. AAA estimates 43.2 million people are traveling by car this holiday weekend. Best times to drive? Stay tuned. This 4th of July weekend is expected to break travel records in the U.S., with over 43 million people driving and over 4 million people flying. Why are people traveling more? The end of the COVID-19 public health emergency has certainly helped, but lower costs contribute as well. Gas prices have dropped 30% compared to last year. Airfare has dropped 27%. If you're driving... AAA recommends you travel in the early morning or after 6 p.m. to avoid congested roads. With more people driving, the risk of accidents also increases. It's important to drive carefully, but even more important to be ready to see Jesus. We are not guaranteed another day. So as you travel, trust in Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're continuing in a series we started last week called in the footsteps of Paul. Paul the Apostle. Why did this devoutly religious Jewish man become the great persecutor of early Christians? And how did he end up being one of its greatest proponents? This past Friday, we looked at the first part of his dramatic conversion when he met Jesus on the way to persecute Christians in Damascus. Well, today, we're going to travel more with Saul who became Paul. We're going to see him become a person of faith. When he got to Damascus, he was still blind. But a Christian named Ananias was told to go and find this man named Saul to pray over him so that he could receive sight. What a challenge it must have been for Ananias and even the disciples to accept Saul as a convert. What would we have done if we had been in their sandals? Well, I invite you to stay with me. We'll explore more this story of Saul who became Paul. Before that, I'd like you to hear briefly how another Jewish man met a Jewish man named Jesus, and his life was changed forever. British actor David Suchet. I'm David Suchet, and I'm on a journey around the Mediterranean, following in the footsteps of a man who 2,000 years ago traveled more than 10,000 miles around the Roman world on foot, and many, many more by sea. I'll be seeking out clues in the places he visited, deciphering new evidence from the latest archaeological research, and meeting expert witnesses from around the region to help me uncover this remarkable man hidden within the pages of the New Testament. That's how David Suchet begins his documentary called In the Footsteps of Paul. He'll be back after our opening song to share a bit about his conversion to Jesus. And then after this program... I'd like to send you the two-part documentary that originally aired on the BBC. Haven Today is the only place where you can find this exclusive DVD in North America. As I watched it, it felt like I was watching one of my favorite travel shows like Rick Steves. But David Suchet will take you to places Paul the Apostle traveled to that you've never seen before, can't get to today, from Jerusalem to Syria to Turkey, on into Europe. This documentary will bless you as you watch. So after the program, call us. Make a generous gift 
as generous as you can for this two-part DVD called In the Footsteps of Paul. Our number is 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or come to our website, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Now, let's start the program with Whitney Phipps. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain for me? Powerful hymn, 
The lyrics were written by Charles Wesley, but that was the voice of Whitney Phipps singing here on Haven Today. And I'm Charles Morris. And the program is a continuation in our series called In the Footsteps of Paul. Now, I want you to hear just a couple of minutes from the testimony of British actor David Suchet, himself with a Jewish heritage, but a man who met Jesus on his road of life at age 40. The full interview, which first aired a number of years ago on this program, was the first time the actor had ever publicly spoken of his faith in Christ Jesus. And after he was born again, he found himself fascinated with two Jewish men, of course, Jesus, and then the Apostle Paul. So let's return to London and the interview we did with the actor who portrayed Agatha Christie's famous Belgian detective, Hercule Poirot. I had a conversion experience at the age of 40, and that was in uh, uh, 1986. And I, it's a very, very long story, the conversion. And, 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 uh, and as, as everybody knows, conversions don't have a very clean beginning and they don't have a very mm. clean end. They have, you, you, <laughs> it's a very, it can be, and in my case was, very confusing. And for, if I was to write a book about my faith, I think uh, a lot of your listeners would, would, would sort of sympathize with this. I was dragged kicking and screaming because mm. at, at 40 years of age, <laughs> you're not quite sure why you've been hit over the head in the way you have been hit over the head. But I have to say that God would not let me go. And I, and I often feel yeah. that um, my faith was rather like Jacob wrestling. I've ended up with a few bruises and a few dislocated hips, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm still there. And um, he, he, he has blessed me and, and loved me, and I feel very, very cherished by him. And I, it's, I would say that as an actor, and as a person, the most important thing in my life is my faith. And it must have been uh, just a, a monumental time when you finally realized that Jesus Christ would become your Savior. And, and in fact, you, you are Jewish by birth, aren't you? Yes, and uh, for that I, I also thank God, because uh, as soon as I realized Jesus was a Jew, I felt more at home than ever before. Yes. And I'm very pleased that my whole background is rooted in Judaism. In fact, my, my great-great-grandfather on my father's side was in fact um, a shocker, a Jewish butcher mm -hmm. in, in Lithuania. Oh, I see. So your your background was was Lithuanian Jewish, then. Lithuanian yes. Jewish uh, and and Christian English, and and that's where seeming confusion arises because my my the Jewish background that I have finished um, when my grandfather married a Christian woman, and as mm -hmm. we all know, the Jewish faith is handed down through the the the, the line the of mother. The, the mother, and yes. and and therefore. I was never accepted in synagogue or anywhere like that. Um, I went to a Church of England school and was brought up as, uh, well, I was actually brought up as nothing, uh, right. nothing at right. all. I have always felt, in my, in, as far as my roots are concerned, very, very Jewish. And I remember my first visit to Israel as an actor. I went with the Royal Shakespeare Theatre mm -hmm. Company and I did some performances in, in Israel, in Jerusalem. And I really was so thrilled to be there because of my, my Jewish roots, my Jewish background. One last spiritual question. What does Jesus mean to you today? 
And uh, I know it's been a number of years since you met him as Lord and Savior. You publicly professed him a couple of years ago in, in the Church of England. What does Jesus mean to you, David Suchet? My best friend. Mm. And as an actor, that's a wonderful thing to have. Mm. A wonderful person to, to have by your side day and night my very, very best friend, and sometimes in the back of my mind, even while I'm performing, I know he's with me. I know he's holding my hand. Even today, at a program called In the Footsteps of Paul, and that was David Suchet talking about his conversion to Christianity at age 40. Sometimes the way we hear pastors talking about what it means to become a Christian gives you the impression that once we come to Christ, our lives just get better and better and better. We were angry, now we're not. We were lonely, now we're not. Sounds nice, but is it true? The Apostle Paul, who used to be Saul, would disagree with that. We're in this series, in the footsteps of Paul, telling the great story of the Apostle. His conversion to Christ was radical. He was violently persecuting the church. He hated Christians. He hated this other Jewish man named Jesus, but Jesus broke through and made him his own. Paul was violent, but Paul became humble. Jesus turned him into a faithful servant, but that came at a cost. Let's listen to what happened right after Paul's conversion to see what I mean. It's in Acts chapter 9. And even as we just heard David Suchet share how he met Jesus, I thought it would be good to have him read for us once again. Verses 10 through 16, Acts chapter 9. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem, and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Thanks once again to BibleGateway.com for allowing us to use the voice of David Suchet reading from the NIV UK edition. Now try to imagine it, what we just heard in Acts 9. Paul's conversion was the equivalent of the most violent persecutor in the Middle East today coming to Christ, a member of Al-Qaeda or ISIS. If a leading member of ISIS came into town saying he had just met Jesus, the Messiah, would you be a little cautious, maybe a little afraid? You know what he's done. You know what he's tried to do. You know he wanted Christians dead just a day before. This is kind of what it was like for a man named Ananias. He found out Saul had turned to Christ, but he knew Saul 
was coming to Damascus to kill off Christians. And now Ananias was supposed to welcome him as a brother in the Lord? That would be so difficult. But Ananias did that very thing because he had confirmation from the Lord that Paul's conversion was real. The Lord had chosen Saul as a chosen instrument, as a servant to become Paul, who would suffer for the glory of the Lord. So Ananias welcomed him and even called him brother. What a wonderful way to welcome somebody into the Christian community, calling him brother. It's one thing I have loved about the churches I've been part of through the years. We see each other as family. We call each other brothers and sisters. And that's what it means to be a Christian, adopted into God's family. It means we call the Lord our Father. Saul, who became Paul, had been seeking to kill Christians, and here he was now a member of the family, Ananias calling him brother. It's something we all need to remember. We belong to the Lord. We are members of his family. We might feel alone, but we're not alone. The Lord is with us. His Spirit dwells inside us, and we're united to our Lord Jesus by faith. We're connected to one another. Paul needed to hear that, but the rest of the disciples didn't give him that kind of treatment. The early church continued to be afraid of him. After leaving Damascus, here's what happened. Verse 26, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. It's a subtle phrase, but it shows exactly what was happening. He tried to join the disciples. And if we were to look at the original Greek, we'd see that this phrase doesn't mean he tried just once to join them. It means he was trying repeatedly. They were flat out scared of him. They didn't believe him. They didn't think he was actually a follower of Christ. They thought he was there to sabotage them. He kept trying to join them to show himself as a genuine believer, and they kept rejecting him time and again. I can't imagine the pain he must have felt, the regret he must have had for killing Christians. He now knew the truth. He loved the Lord. He loved his people. He wanted the world to know Jesus Christ and to have faith in his death and his resurrection for sinners, but the disciples didn't want anything to do with him. Now, I think most of us have felt this way. I certainly have, left out, excluded, forgotten, It hurts. It hurts bad. And sometimes it happens because of the way we used to live. But the Lord is with us. The Lord loves us. And by his grace, the Lord helps us. For Paul, this meant the Lord sending a friend, an advocate, to testify on Paul's behalf, a man named Barnabas. We're told Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. Well, from that day on, Paul was part of the group. He went on to be an incredible missionary for the Lord, preaching the gospel wherever he went, seeing thousands come to Christ, but facing intense persecution from all sides, from rebel to excluded enemy to welcomed friend. That's Paul's life. 
and that's our life. We sinned against the Lord. We were excluded from his good promises, from his loving embrace. But the self-sacrificial love of our friend, our advocate, Jesus, made us a part of God's family. He adopted us through his blood. His sacrifice on our behalf cleansed us and made us children of the Lord Almighty. But also, just like Paul, we can walk confidently in the Lord's forgiveness. We can faithfully and fearlessly proclaim the gospel to those around us. We belong. Christian, hear this today. Not my words. This is truth coming straight out of the Bible. You belong. You're a beloved child of the King. You're in his hand, and he'll never let you go. All because of Jesus. We belong. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure how great the pain of searing loss the father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen
Nicole Nordeman from her ultimate collection, How Deep the Father's Love, here on Haven Today and a program called In the Footsteps of Paul. The response is in, and it is positively overwhelming. We've heard from so many people in North America who are not only excited, but they've helped send a gift to this ministry. All of the above and so many others have made generous gifts to get a copy of the DVD and to help this ministry. What about you? Would you like to follow in the footsteps of Paul? I'd like to send you this two-part DVD series produced originally for the BBC. You can't find this on Amazon or Netflix, but you can get it exclusively from us right now. Our number to call is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Visit places where Paul walked over 10,000 miles as Christ's ambassador to a pagan first century world, planting churches throughout the Roman Empire. You can also get a copy of this documentary from our website. And if you do that, be sure and watch the trailer we've put up. Our website is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And as it's the beginning of a new month, many of us just got paid. I'd like to invite you to become a Haven partner. That's someone who gives automatically monthly and prays regularly for this ministry. Ask about it when you call or read more about it when you take the time to visit us online at haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Come back again tomorrow, won't you? When together on July 4th, we'll be celebrating the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What's the most important thing about being a Christian? If you took a peek on social media or the news cycles, you would think that the answer is being right, having the right theology, making sure other people know about right theology. But according to Paul, in 1 Corinthians 13, the great love chapter, the answer is love. If I have the gift of prophecy, understanding everything, have all knowledge, can even move mountains, yet I lack love, Paul says, I'm nothing. Love. Christians are known by our love, compassion, concern for others. Not our rightness, but righteousness lived out in love and faith. Christ's love for us redeems us to love others. Being Christian is being loved. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.